Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Junior High Ministry Podcast as part of Mariner's Junior High. This week we're talking about Know God Week 2, and we're talking about how we know God by how we talk with God. You know, any relationship you have, you're talking with that person. I mean, you can't have a relationship with someone that you're not talking to. That makes no sense. You're talking to someone, is how you get to know them. It's how you share the things that are going on in your life. It, it's how they know the things that you're worrying about or concerned about or struggling with. Our relationship with God is built around being able to talk with God. So if you want to know God better, you have to talk with him. You have to pray. But that's not easy for every single kid. It's not easy for every single adult. So this week, that's what we're talking about. So enjoy, learn something. If you're enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, tell your friends about it, share it on social media, leave a comment. All those things help us. Hope you're having a great week. This weekend, we're going to winter camp and high school is going to be teaching in junior high and it's going to be an incredible week for those who are not going to winter camp. So hope you have a great week. We love you in junior high. Later. My name is Justin. I work here on staff in junior high. And if you're here for the first time, I'm very happy that you're here. Uh, Do me a favor. Slip your phones in your pockets. Give me 20 minutes because I really believe today's lesson is just going to change someone. I don't know. It's going to change everyone's life. I think that may be too big to ask for. I think it's going to change someone's life. And this is the reason why. We're doing a series called Know God. Last week, we talked about how to know God you know, through everything that he's created and the stuff he's made. And today, we're talking about how you know God through talking to God. And you know, this is, I, I just know me, okay? I know when I was young, and I was getting older, and I was growing out of parts of my faith and parts of my relationship with God. And I needed to have something to grow into as I was getting older, because if, if you grow out of something and you don't have anything to grow into, then you're going to find yourself naked, you guys got to learn this stuff, okay? And I don't want you to wind up spiritually naked because that would just be weird showing up to church spiritually naked. And everyone's like, where? And it's just, you don't want that, okay? No one wants to be naked. So we're doing this whole series of know God so that you as junior hires, and it's a good reminder to everyone, no matter where they are in their relationship with Jesus, how they can know God. And if you're here for the millionth time and you, you always come to junior high and you're like, I'm in a life group, I come to junior high all the time, like this is going to be a great reminder for you. And for those of you who it's like, I just kind of come to church now and then, I'm not really sure about this whole God-Jesus thing, and I don't know what prayer is or what do you mean when you say talk to God, then this lesson is going to be perfect for you because we're going to explain all of that. But I want to start off with our verse. This is the theme verse. If you're going to memorize any verse, this is the verse you should memorize out of 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and everyone together, a child of God and knows God. You know, God's desire is for us to know who he is. He does not want to be anonymous. He doesn't want to be some person that we kind of know or maybe just know a little bit about. He, we we you know, are created to really know who God is and God wants that. Let me ask you this question, okay, as we kind of get started. Uh, would you rather have a genie in a lamp or be a genie in a lamp? Now, let me just kind of explain both things, okay? If you are a person that finds a genie, you get three wishes, Okay, you cannot ask for more wishes. You get three wishes, and if you play your cards right in the wishes that you make, you could wind up like you could have a pretty good deal going. Okay, but once the wishes are done, they're done. You get nothing else. Would you rather have that, or would you rather be a genie 
in a lamp. Someone finds you, rubs your little bottle, you pop out, grant them wishes, which is exciting. No one, you know, who doesn't want their wish granted? And then you go back into the bottle. Now, the benefit of having the wishes is you get stuff or you can help other people out with your wishes. It's an exciting thing. If you're a genie in a bottle, then, you know, you only come out when someone rubs the bottle. And then, you know, when they're done with you, they kind of throw you, like, in, you know, a cave or on the beach somewhere. And you, you kind of sit there until someone else comes along. Who would rather have a genie, find a genie in a bottle? Okay, who would rather be the genie in a bottle? If you're confused in the whole genie thing, most of it is explained in the movie Aladdin. I encourage you to watch the movie Aladdin. It explains a lot. Now, listen, me personally, I'd like to find a genie, you know, rub the genie, wish for wishes. I don't know what your wishes would be, but I would wish for probably an unlimited bank account, a bank account that never goes empty, so I just have all the money. I never have to worry about anything. Uh, I'd probably uh, wish for a plane that never runs out of fuel so I can just travel everywhere that I want, so I have unlimited money and I have a plane with unlimited fuel, and I'd probably want a refrigerator that never goes empty of Nutella. Every time I open the fridge, there's just new, brand new jars of Nutella sitting there, and that you might think that it doesn't sound worth it, but if you like Nutella, you know that it's worth it. It's just so good. And you know, here's the thing that I think about sometimes. I don't know if you ever wondered this too. Would you ever wonder, uh, when it comes to our relationship with God, do you think that God ever feels like he is our genie? It's going to be actually up right here on the screen. I want you to read this. Uh, sometimes I wonder if God ever feels like we treat him like a genie in a lamp. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but I know that sometimes I've actually felt that way, that my relationship with God becomes the God, I want this. God, will you do this for me? God, can I have? And if the answer is no, I just put them back in the bottle and throw the bottle somewhere that it's not going to distract me anymore. And if I get what I want, then I'm willing to ask for more. But as soon as I start getting, you know, no's, then it's kind of run its, you know, purpose. It's, a, it's not useful to me anymore. Like that's you know, the relationship between you and a genie. You know, I fear that sometimes that my relationship with God becomes like that. I treat God like he's a genie. Now, here's, here's a question for you. Um, have you ever gone to God with the request that he didn't answer. Now, I think all of us would say the answer to that is yes. You get an answer that you didn't really hope for. You were hoping for one thing and you got something else. Maybe you have a family member who was sick and you were praying they'd get well and they didn't. That was my story with my mom. Maybe you're praying for, you know, you want a grade in school and you feel like you've been studying a ton and working hard. You said, God, just please give me this grade. And then you get your text back and it's full of red marks and a letter that's not like in the ABC category. It's kind of like the D like F category, and you're like, God, where were you on this? Or like you, you just want like this thing, you know, whatever it is, and like you, you just like God praying that your know, mom and dad buys it for you quickly, and that you get it and you have it, and then the time comes and you open up the present, and it's not what you wanted. It's actually socks, a very practical gift, not practical at all, totally lame, and it's not what you wanted. And you've been praying for it, and why didn't you get it? You know, when I was a kid, I had a buddy named Jeff. And he was like one of my closest friends. And I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. Like I wasn't the guy with like 20, 30 friends. Like I had like, you know, some really close friends. And Jeff was one of them. Uh, Steve Priola, John Michael Harrington. These were guys in my life group. And, you know, Jeff, one of my closest friends, uh, told me that his parents were thinking about moving, that his dad might get a job somewhere and they might have to leave Buffalo and move somewhere else. And I did not want this because I knew what it would mean for me. And usually when we think about us, we're selfish people. We think about us all the time. And I was thinking, well, my friend leaves and who am I going to hang out with? And, and I don't want him to leave. And, and so I was praying. I was praying alone. I was praying with my mom about it. I'd be like, mom, we got to pray that Jeff doesn't move. I don't want Jeff to move. I told Jeff that I was praying for it. I told my pastor I was praying for it. And then the day came where Jeff came and told me that he is moving, and I felt completely let down because I spent all my time praying about it. And I said, God, if you are not going to listen and answer my prayers, what is the point? You know, it made me think, does God even care? 
Is he even listening? Do I matter to him? And I, and I think in a world where we want to be noticed and we want someone to say we matter, if we don't feel like God is noticing us and that we don't matter to him, that's a huge problem in, in the pursuit of having a How do you have a relationship with God if you don't feel like you matter to God? You know, there's this verse out of the book of James, chapter 5. This is what it says. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Now, the second part of that verse is so easy. When things are going good, it's easy to be happy about life. But when things are not going good, it's difficult to pray if you felt, well, I've tried that before. It hasn't worked. Why would it work this time? See, I think the reason we feel that way about prayer has less to do with God and more to do with us. Ouch. Well, no, no, Justin, you don't understand. Like, this is a God problem. Like, you know, God's the one not answering the prayers. Like, God's the one who's not listening. Like, if, if only, like, I was in control, I would definitely answer all of my prayers, and, you know, everything would be fine. You know, let me ask you this. You know, I, you know, me and my mom, we used to get in arguments all the time. I'd ask for things I wouldn't get them. <clears throat> you know, I'd ask for something, and she'd say no. You know, the, I'd ask for the new pair of shoes or a new video game system for my room or a new flat screen TV when they first came out. I really wanted one. She said no to all these things. You know, I didn't have siblings growing up, but I know a lot of students that have siblings. I have friends that have siblings. And you have a sibling, and it's like, I want you to stop going in my room and touching all my stuff with your greasy fingers. I want you to stop being so loud when you come over with your friends. I want you to take a shower, at least, just one shower. Maybe even just brush your teeth. Just brush the top part of your teeth. Just do something. You smell terrible. Like, do something. And you make all these requests to a sibling, and don't do any of it. You know, or a teacher. It's like, you got this teacher, and you're like, hey, listen, can I just hand this in a little late? And, you know, no big deal. And they're like, no, either it's on time or you get a zero. And you're like, you know, can I just miss, like, just a couple of practices? I want to go to junior high winter camp. I hear it's going to be amazing, which it is, by the way. And the coach looks at you and says, no, 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 you can't skip any practices. You miss any practices. You're off the team. Here's the thing that I find, okay? Through all the times my mom said no to me, through all the siblings you might have or friends of siblings that you, you know, friends that you might have who have siblings who don't do what they want or you want them to do, with all the coaches and teachers that don't give you the extra credit you want or that threaten to cut you from the team, we tend not to abandon those people when we don't get the answer we want. But we tend to abandon God when he doesn't give us the answer we want. Why is that? You know, all the times my mom said no and you can't have and, and it's not okay, all the times that she didn't let me go out late, all the times that I didn't get the possession that I wanted, I didn't pack up my bag and leave. I didn't tell mom, all right, that's it, no more talking, I'm blocking your number, I, I'm, I don't live here anymore, leave me alone. I've never done that to my mom. Like, why is it that I don't get what I want from family and yet I don't abandon them, but when I don't get what I want from God, I tend to sometimes. Maybe this is the answer, okay? The most important relationships in your life aren't based solely on what they do for you when you ask. Your relationship with God shouldn't either. Maybe that we're approaching prayer completely wrong. Maybe we're approaching prayer with the wrong mindset. You know, I don't know, I'm not asking you to raise your hands, but I bet there's a bunch of you who'd say, you know what, I thought prayer kind of worked like that, like, I tell God what I want, and, and then he gives me what I want, and then I get it, and, I, and then I keep asking for things. And that's how my relationship with God works. He, I, I talk to him, tell him what I want, and he gives me what I want. And if he doesn't give me what I want, then he must not care, so forget about him. And it's the wrong mindset. We don't bring that mindset into any other relationship we have with any other person, but we bring that mindset into our relationship with God. Why is that? Well, I think it's because we never really learned how to pray. 
Uh, and we're going to take a look at the book of Luke chapter 11. And we're going to learn from Jesus himself as he talks to his disciples. So if you have a Bible with you, pull it out. If you're taking notes, you're going to love this. Uh, this is going to be super useful for you. So this is what it says. Book of Luke, by the way, is written by a guy named Luke. Are right, you guys are nailing this so far? Written by a guy named Luke. He was hired to study and research this guy named Jesus, okay? He, he wasn't one of the disciples. He was hired by a guy named Theophilus. You find out this in Luke chapter 1. And, and his job, he was a historian, he was a doctor, and his job was to research Jesus and then put together kind of like a big report. You ever done a book report before? It's like do like a big report on this guy, Jesus, and then present it to Theophilus as the guy that hired him to do this research. So Luke is doing all this research, talking to people, finding things out, questioning people, looking at things that were written, kind of putting, you know, piecing it all together. And in this, Luke the doctor, the historian, the paid guy who's doing the research, documents how Jesus talked about prayer. And this is where we have Luke chapter 11, verse number one. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, this is so important. Listen, you gotta wake up. If you miss this, you're gonna miss a lot. Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now listen, I want you to catch this, okay? Because if you are a junior higher in this room, which the room is full of them, and you might think to yourself, well, I don't, I don't feel like I can ask for help because, and especially if you grew up in the church, you feel like, I feel like I should already know how to do these things, so I'm a little embarrassed to ask someone to teach me. You know why this verse is so good? Because Jesus' disciples, we read about these guys. Some of these guys built churches, planted churches. Like these were 12 guys that Jesus selected to change the world. And these guys didn't know, and they were fearless and they were willing to ask for help. I hope I'm that fearless when I don't know something. I hope me, and I'm talking like me, 32-year-old, me 33 next month, okay? We're gonna have a big birthday party for me. It's gonna be awesome, all right? And I'm a pastor. I do this for a living. I study God's word for a living. This is what I do. Teach it all. This is what I do. And I hope I'm as fearless as the disciples were when it comes to asking questions and receiving help for things you don't know and things you don't know how to do. So Jesus says, yeah, I'll totally help you. I'll teach you. I mean, you think of the things you've learned? Like, you didn't just learn them just by, like, waking up and just knowing them. Like, if you play sports, you never learn that sport just by waking up and knowing it. You play an instrument, someone taught you. If you dance or if you sing, someone taught you, they gave you lessons. It's the same thing when it comes to our relationship with God. If you don't know how to pray, you're not going to figure it out one day. You got to learn how to pray. So Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. This is what he says in the next verse. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. And this is called the Lord's Prayer. If you've ever heard the Lord's Prayer uh, talked about and you don't know where it is, this is where it is, Luke chapter 11, verse 2. This is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. Give us each day the food we need. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. And let us not yield to temptation. This is the Lord's Prayer. It's not a prayer all about us and give us all these things. It's a prayer about other people, people who've wronged us. Give us the food we need, not the food we want. Give us the stuff we need, not just all these things we want, like your Santa Claus, and just give us stuff. That's not what this prayer is about. And this is how he taught his disciples how to pray. But then he actually went even a step further. This is what it says in verse number five. See up here on the screen. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story, okay, this if you like stories, and this is a great story, Jesus taught in stories all the time, and if you have an annoying friend, okay, if I had annoying friends, because there's nothing wrong with saying a friend's annoying when they're annoying. If you haven't had an annoying friend, an annoying sibling, maybe an annoying teacher, then you are going to connect with the story. This is what it says. 
Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight. So you at midnight went to some friend's house or maybe a friend went to your house. You went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, the friend, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. So uh, you go to your friend's house and you say, hey, a friend of mine just arrived. I have nothing for them to eat. And, you know, and I had this problem and I need to borrow some food. A uh, friend of mine arrived for a visit, verse 7. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom. So this is your friend calling out from his bedroom. Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. Because that's what the friend says, verse 8. But I tell you this, this is Jesus talking. Though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and get you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. I, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I've had friends be that persistent with me, and I've also been that persistent with other people. I want something so bad, I just keep asking, and I keep asking, and I'm persistent about it. I don't give up doing it. That's how Jesus, this is Jesus sharing this story with his disciples. This is how he taught them how to pray. This is the example he gave them. And this is what it says in verse number nine. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be open. Gosh, you know what's so hard about this? So many people give up so frequently. That's what Jesus is teaching us about. If you prayed for something once and didn't get it, you just give up because if I didn't get it, then it's probably never going to happen and this prayer thing doesn't work. And Jesus is teaching his disciples something so important. Don't give up on the things you pray for. Don't give up on the things you pray for. The things you want, the things you desire, the things you're worried about, concerned about, don't give up talking with God because the more you talk with God, the more you know him. You know, Jesus knew this for sure. It's going to be put on the screen. I want you to write it down in your notes. Talking with God helps us know God better. Talking with God helps us know God better. And we know this because we know it's true in every area of our life. If you have someone that you're really close with, that you know really well, it's probably because you talk to them a lot. Maybe it's a parent that you live with and you talk to them a bunch. Maybe it's a sibling that you live with and you talk. Maybe it's a parent you don't live with. Your parents are divorced and you don't live with both of them all the time. You kind of rotate between houses. I've, I know what that's like. And, but you talk to them a bunch, so you know them really well. It's a best friend. And I'm not talking about like the regular friend that you see at school and you, you know their name. You don't know their last name and, and you know what they look like and you wave and you sit next to them in class. Like, I'm not talking about that friend. I'm not one of the kind of friends that you, you're texting them to find out what service they're going to at JHM to make sure you're sitting together. I'm talking about the friends that's like you are make sure that you're going to winter camp together because you want to be in the same cabin together. Friends that don't just know your name, they know things about you. Those are the kind of friendships. And do and you know what those are called? It's called a relationship. It's called a relationship. That's what it is, a relationship. The more we talk to God, the more we know him, and the better our relationship is with him. But here's what I think is you know, kind of the problem, at least what I found. That because we can't see God, because we feel like his answers sometimes are vague or unclear, or maybe we don't even know how to listen to what he has to say, it makes it difficult for us to have a relationship with him. 
You look at me and it's like, how can you have a relationship with a God that you can't see or look at? You can't give him a high five, can't play him in college. Like, I don't have any friends I have a relationship with that I can't play him and whoop their butt in Madden. Like, if you can't sit down and play Madden and whoop their butt and humiliate them in front of all your other friends, like, how's that a real friendship? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, I want to be able to hang out with my friends and talk with them, and I want to be able to know them. But here's the thing. All those same things are true about God. He may not be there in the room with you physically. He may not answer your text messages because God doesn't have a cell phone. He's living in the dark ages. No cell phone for this guy. Very sad. But he listens when you talk, and he does answer if you learn how to listen. What's that called? Well, it's called spiritual maturity. It's called growing up and maturing in your faith. When you were a kid, you prayed because the people around you told you that you should pray. When you were a kid, you prayed because the teacher at the room, at the table, with the craft, and glitter all over their face because they're dirty people, said, all right, guys, everyone bow your head, close your eyes, and you just did it because if you didn't do it, you're not going to get snack. Snack's delicious when you're a kid. But listen, listen, you grow out of that. Snack is no longer a motivator for you to pray like everyone else is praying. Doing a craft to take home to mom and dad to hang on the fridge is no longer a motivator for you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. The older you get, your relationship with God is determined by you. You and your relationship with him. Your relationship with God can't look like my relationship with God. Your relationship with God can't look like the person next to you. Your relationship with God is unique to you. And your relationship with God means that you need to invest in that relationship and put time into it. You know, here's the thing. and I, I, I know that for some of you, this is like really hard. Some of you, this is easy. And you're like, Justin, this is just such a great reminder. I love prayer. I sit and pray. Like I've learned at camps or in my life group in different places, I've learned to pray. And I actually like praying. I like talking with God. And for you, this is a great reminder. For some of you, you're like, I don't know where to begin. You know, I hear you talking about prayer and talking with God, and yeah, I want to know God more, but I don't know how to start. If you want to know God differently, as you mature in your relationship with God, but you don't know where to start, I have a thought for you. It's going to appear on the screen. Here's a few places you can start. Number one, thank him for what's good. If you want to start talking with God, praying, and you don't know where to start, start here. Say thanks for the things that are good. God, thank you for the clothes in my closet. Look at all the clothes I have. Thank you so much for that. They go on for days and days and days. God, thank you for the shoes I'm wearing. God, thank you for the food on my table. Not everyone has food on their table every day. Thank you that I have food on my table. God, thank you for the hair on my head or not, depending on who you are. God, thank you for my friends I get to see at school, the people who care about me and want the best for me because they're my friend. God, thank you that I get to go to winter camp and have fun on a weekend. You know, some people can't do that. God, thank you for the palm trees outside my house. God, thank you for Christmas trees. I can't wait till next year. God, thank you for my family. God, thank you for, and just thank him for stuff. That's the first thing. All right, here's the second thing. Tell him what's wrong. Have an open conversation with God and say, this is God, this is what's wrong. This is what's not going good in my life. If the people you have a relationship with, you have no problem telling them what's wrong. If you have a, a relationship with someone and all they tell you is stuff you want to hear, like you, you need to 
get a sharp object and like gently poke yourself in the leg to make sure you're not asleep because that's not real. That only happens in dreams. Like if you have a real friend who really cares about you, they're not gonna only tell you the good things. They're gonna tell you the not so good things too. They're gonna tell you when you made a mistake or when you hurt their feelings or when you said something you shouldn't have said and you hurt someone else's feeling and you just didn't know it. Like you're, it's not always just good. Sometimes you gotta talk about the things that went wrong and mistakes that were made. And sometimes the mistakes that were made are mistakes you made. And you'd say, well, God already knows the mistakes I made, so I don't need to say them. Well, yeah, God does know those things. But it says something about relationship with God when you can verbalize it. God, I know I, I made a mistake in this thing that I said to this person. I know I made a mistake in the gossip that I started about that girl. God, I made a mistake in like, what I said about that guy. Like I shouldn't have done that. And I know you know it already, but I want you to know that I'm sorry and that I shouldn't have done it. And I want you to help me make different decisions next time. Simple. It's easy. I mean, it sounds simple. Like, I know it's harder than it sounds. I mean, once you do it, like, it's difficult to do it, but it, but it can be done. That you can look at God and say, God, I want you to know what's, this is stuff that's not going good. I want you to know the stuff that's not going good. Not just the good stuff. I want you to know the stuff that's not going good. All right, here's number three. Think out loud. One time I was walking around. I ran into a lady. I was with my wife, of all people. Ran into a lady, and this lady looked like she was pregnant. So I immediately thought to myself, I went, hey, wh I thought, when are you due? When are you going to have this baby? And then, I, then I, I don't know what happened. The words I was thinking came out of my mouth. And the woman looks at me and says, I'm not pregnant. What are you talking about? And I was embarrassed and humiliated. I felt bad. But that's how you need to pray to God. You know the things that you think, but you wouldn't want to say to someone else because you're not sure how they would take it? Maybe the things we think, and maybe it's really good things we think, like, God, I think I'm totally awesome. I think you really, when you made me, you really nailed it. Like, I, I don't know, like, if you feel that way about everyone that you made, but obviously you do about me. I look in the mirror, and I see what you see, and it's like, you nailed it. Maybe you think, man, I really don't like that person. I think that person's a jerk. I think they're mean, and I don't want to be around them. But you don't feel comfortable saying that to a friend or saying that to a parent. You don't feel comfortable saying that to anyone. But those are the things that you should say to God. You need to think out loud with God. Tell him how you're really feeling. Tell him what you're really thinking. That's the relationship piece. That's the part that makes the relationship with God different than just some person. That you can say anything to God, he doesn't hold it against you, and he listens. All right, here's number four, trust him. This is one of the hardest things. I think I'm still working on what it means to trust God. Because sometimes you don't get the answer you're looking for. Sometimes the answer is no or not yet. And when the answer is no and not yet, you still have to trust that God knows best. That's really hard. And I remember praying for my mom. She was sick. And like, I was like, God, like, heal her. Like, make her well. And that didn't happen. She ended up dying. And you look at that and you're like, well, you know, God, like, how can you be this person, this good person, if you're letting my mom die? Like, that? how? So I'm still learning how to trust God even when I don't get what I want or what I'm praying for. But you got to trust God. You got to trust that he knows best. That comes with maturity. It comes with getting older. It comes with learning. All things that you're going to do in life, you're not there yet, but you will be. All right, here's the bottom line for today. Talking with God helps us know God better. So when you get in your car and drive home from church and your parents say, what did you learn today? You can look at your parents and say, I'll tell you what I learned today. I learned that talking with God helps us know God better. And then you look back at mom and dad and what do you say to mom and dad? What did you learn today? If you're going to question me, I'm going to question you, and I have an answer, so you better have an answer because I, you're on the hot seat now. Now, here's the thing. Last week, I gave you something to try, and this week is no different. I want you to try this this week, okay? Very, very simple. It's going to appear on the screen. 
Pray for seven minutes. Now, I want you to know this is something that I do every single day. So if you're trying to figure out how to do this talking with God, know God thing, and you don't know like what exactly to do, like this is literally what I do every day. Every day I spend seven minutes in prayer. I pray for my friends. I pray for my family. I pray for work, but I put school in there for you guys because most of you don't have jobs. I pray for bullies. Yes, there are bullies when you're an adult. I pray for them too. I pray for leaders. I pray for the leaders here at church. I pray for government leaders. You can pray for teachers. You can pray for us at JHM. And you don't need to be reminded to pray for you. You guys know how to pray for you. But I do this every day as I'm continuing to learn what it means to have a relationship and a conversation with God. Here's the deal. We're going to worship. Alex is here with the band. Alex has done an amazing, we love Alex in junior high. He's so great. And here's the deal. I just looked online. There are, there are 20 spots left for camp. If you are on the fence about winter camp, I want you to go. If money's an issue, like we will figure it out. But I do not want a single student left here at Irvine. And they wanted to go to camp and I'm they didn't. They felt they ran out of time. I want you to go. It'll be wonderful. You're going to love it. Have your parent talk to me afterwards. Here's Alex. Everyone stand on up. Let's worship together.